Whoa, my mic was muted. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 168. All right, everybody, we are back here. Um, yeah, I got another guest, uh, someone I reached out to recently on a it's another podcast site. I don't remember the name. It's like Podcast Finder or something. I forget. But anyway, I was looking up guests for in the disability uh, tab in, in their little community there. So uh, I reached out to her. She got back to me and got to know each other a little bit the other day. And it was nice uh, talking to her. She's a sweet girl and um, has a little story to talk about. And, um, so, yeah. Do you want to tell us your name and you know a little about yourself? My name's Devin Meters. I'm from, I'm from Virginia. Um, hello, can you still hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, my headphones went out. I'm so sorry. No, I'm fine. from I'm from Virginia. Uh-huh. Um, I have cerebral palsy, which is basically a neuromuscular condition where your muscles can't communicate to your brain properly or maybe the other way around but one can't communicate to the other properly and so that um because of that i'm in a wheelchair um really into podcasting and production stuff that's why i have my own podcast um besides that a fun fact about me is i love survivor so any survivor super fans out there i am your we can talk about Survivor for hours. If you just email me, we can set up a time to literally talk about Survivor for hours because I'm the only one in the house that watches it. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I learned like a couple of years ago. I was surprised the show was even still on the air because it's been on yeah. forever. It ha- it it has, but you know that um that Jeff Probst is something else. So, <laughs> has he been the host the whole time? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would. I like I said. I, I may watch like one season many many years ago, but um, yeah. You would think that like a, a some you know the same concept every year people would get tired of it, but no. I guess you can say the same thing. American Idol. A lot of these shows they just they just something about them people gravitate. Yeah. It, and there are new people every year, so that keeps it fresh. So like it's never like the same people every year. So. What is it for you? What is it for you that you you like it so much? I just like seeing, like, kind of in the vein that we're talking about today. Everybody laughs at Jeff for this, but I just like seeing, um, you know, these people like of all walks of life coming together, and you know, you never think you'd meet somebody like that in the outside world, but you're forced to work with them on Survivor, and it's amazing what they learn about each other. And themselves um, go, going through that, so that kind of that's kind of what drove me through it. Okay, yeah, I had a friend that was on a show similar to that, uh, Naked and Afraid, and uh, yeah, he uh, he has dwarfism, and he was on that show. And he seemed to do pretty well. So, um, how yeah. how was his, how was his experience? You know, he liked it because I think he did. I think he went back and did it a second time. Uh, as far as oh, I'm, that's. I, I don't watch any much reality TV besides Survivor. 
Because I don't consider idol reality. I consider that like competition, but I don't watch much reality TV besides Survivor, but. Yeah. Um, so I, I always ask this question because, um, actually, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your cerebral palsy a little more. Um, because it, it affects people differently, you know, again, I know you said kind of, you kind of gave a definition of it, but like, how is your like daily life like affected by your condition? Um, excuse me, you cut out at that last part. So I, <laughs> I was just asking you how, like, how is your daily life like affected by your condition? Um, not very much actually. Like, the most frustrating part is the lack of independence, like not being able to live on my own. So I'm currently trying to working toward learning how to put my pants on. And it's kind of frustrating to not be able to do like the basic things that people take for granted. But I just try to live it my life like any other person my age. And I mean, some days I deal with pain, but I'm so fortunate not to have that be a daily thing like so many other people. And I just try to live my life as if uh, as if I wasn't there. So. Sure. Now, do you have any function in your legs at all? Um. Yeah, I can stand up to, like, go to the bathroom. I can't really walk that much anymore, which also kind of bumps me out because I used to walk just for exercise. Like, I never did it, like, full-time or anything. I'm in a power wheelchair full-time, but I used to do it just for exercise. So um, it really bumps me out that I can't walk anymore because I kind of let that go because I broke my ankle a couple years ago, and so we had to take, like, to eight weeks off, and I just never got back on yeah. to it. Um, so I'm kind of mad at myself that I can't let that go. Um, but yeah, so I have enough function in my legs. We'll put it that way. But <laughs> right, no, but I I can in a different way with my eyes. I can fully understand like when when something happens, you know, especially like how fragile like in your your case with your legs, mine with my eyes. Because you, one little thing could trigger something where it could actually put you out for six weeks. Like sometimes with my lashes, they curl under, they scratch my cornea. And there's certain movements that like I'm afraid to do with my eyes because it'll set me back a couple weeks just to try to recover from it because of how much damage it can do. Um, and it, it kind of scares you from being able to, to want to go further and push it because, um, you know, you got hurt doing it. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, with your legs, it's even worse because, you know, bigger body part. Um, so I can see why you'd be afraid to like attempt to try to do more with it. Yeah, and and the funny part is, Stephen, um, in the walker, we were getting into the walker, and I was coming over to it to get in because we have to get into it on the side of the room where there's enough room to get into it because our, in our house, my living and dining room is like one big room. And it's like my hangout area. It's where I do my podcast. It's where it's where I do pretty much everything. It's where I relax for the night. It's everything. And we only eat in here when we're having like a really special dinner, like Christmas dinner or, or Thanksgiving dinner. And um, so we were going. We usually use dining room 
living room combo to get into my walker because there's a lot of room. So I was going over to my walker and my I was in my couch and my feet had come off the foot pedals. And I was like, oh, there's no need to put them back on the pedals. We'll be in my walker anyway. But the trouble is my toe caught the ground. And the way my toe caught the ground, it went straight back and um, caused the hairline fracture in my ankle. So, Wow. Yeah. Now, have you either done some research or look in, you know, talk to people within like the cerebral, the cerebral, like I can't even say it, cerebral palsy community to try to figure out, you know, some like, you know, like you said, you have trouble putting your pants on. Have you ever reached out to other people who have the same condition? Maybe you're in the same place you are and, and maybe they found out a certain technique that works for them. I mean, I've gone to therapy for years off and on, like since I was a baby. And honestly, we've tried pretty much everything we can think of it like literally everything and so it's just a matter of stretching and getting the flexibility to get down to my feet um um, particularly on my right side because you have to use because you have to use your left hand to um pull the i guess I don't know. I I guess I guess the way pants work, your muscles work with pants is just opposite sides. I don't I don't know. But that's the exercise they teach you. So it's just um a matter of getting the flexibility. So I've been trying to do the stretches for the last couple of days because um I never really cared about getting my pants on because my dad's rule was no driving to get your pants on. And I, I flirted with the idea of driving. But then I did see the drivers of Hampton Roads where I live. And I'm like, why would I want to drive? These people are crazy. But <laughs> the trouble is that, that there's no, which we'll talk about in a minute, there's no accessible transportation to get you anywhere. So if I if I don't have my dad or somebody to drive me, then I'm crap out of luck, and they're not always going to be here. So right, yeah, that's like the number one like enemy of a person with with most people with disabilities is transportation. Yes, we all struggle with it, and the majority of us, I would say, not everybody. I mean, people who are deaf can drive and certain things, but. Um, yeah, but yeah, but a lot of us, that's, and, and there are other avenues of way, like, you know, obviously Uber and Step and, um, you know, cab companies for those who still have them and, and, uh, you know, and then there's those little van services, and, but a lot of them. Yeah. And I, and I tried a cab company that wasn't like totally expensive. I waited and it was just to try it. Like I didn't need to go anywhere. It was just to try it, to see what it said. Uh-huh. I I waited like four hours and nobody came and they're like oh I'm sorry there's a shortage we're still trying to find one so yeah. there's there's no there's nothing here <laughs> yeah I, I reached out to like Uber Lyft I don't know about a year ago just to see if you know they never got back to me but I just reached out to them to see maybe if there's some way we can start some sort of service uh you know within their own you know brand. 
But, you know, that's, let's just say you can make up a random, even if it was $50. Let's say it's $50 a month and they take you everywhere you need to go within reason. Obviously, you know, within a certain mileage and all that. But they take oh, you. Oh, yeah. Like, I wouldn't expect them to take me to, like, California or some crap. I just need to go to the movies. <laughs> like, right, certain places. And it, it, and it falls within that subscription. And, again, it's, it's for people who have, you know, you would have to prove you have a disability and so on based on your medical history and certain things. But, like, you know, like, it wouldn't be hard for you and I to prove. It wouldn't be hard. And I'm sure some people would, there'd be some sort of loophole that would screw a few people over. But, again, you can't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you help everybody, but I, I just know. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't, I mean, somebody's going to find a loophole no matter what you do. So, I mean, you can try to, like, make it as fair as possible, but just know somebody's going to find something you know yeah i just want my own way just want to do something for us because i know how hard like the mobility whether you're in a wheelchair oh, yeah. or not it's, just, it's so hard and, and it really screws with your independence oh oh yeah it really does because i don't want to drive i really don't want to drive i really did want to drive i was really begging to drive for a while and then um i saw the drivers around where i live Chesapeake is in Hampton Roads. It's um, a collection of four cities where I live. It's Chesapeake, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, and Suffolk. And um, so um, I saw, like, all the crazy drivers, especially in the Norfolk area. And I'm like, why would I even want to do this? But then I started being like, okay. There's got to be something, and and there was absolutely nothing. So. Yeah, and again, but. obviously, you live in major cities; it's a little easier. But you live in certain small towns. Like we, we used to have a cab company, but Uber and Lyft put them out of business. And Uber and Lyft are great because, especially with the apps, they're very functional. They work great for a lot of people with disabilities, especially the visually impaired. And but it, the problem is, it's it's super expensive. Like my work, where I work currently, is probably five minutes from me but it's like a 12 13 14 dollar ride and that's just one way it's it's like that's not i could afford it for a little while but it's like that's just not feasible and it's just no one should have to deal with that like it should you know that's why i really wanted some sort of subscription-based type of ordeal because you know that's where every everything's headed anyway and it just would help so many of us because like i said it really does screw with our independence and like like i go to the gym i'm going to the gym in about an hour and a half and you know, like there's times where my my workout partner doesn't he's he drives, and it's like when he's because he he serves in the military. When there's times he's he's gone for a week, I either could take the bus, which will take me at least an hour hour and a half to even get there, and and you know, and then there's, and then it's just it's just very strenuous. It's very tiresome, and you know, I could take an Uber, which will cost me like twenty five dollars to get there. That's just one way, and you just you just get so beaten down. And again, not to be negative, but you just get so tired of it. And you just want to be able to just get up and go. And I feel like like Uber and Lyft is so is the most popular option, but it it's just expensive. Yeah, and I did find one that would take me wherever I wanted to go. I was like, okay, here's here's the here's the jackpot, right? I finally found I finally found. Um, um, someone. So my parents were like, okay, call them and see 
how much it would be to take you to our favorite restaurant that that we're regulars at. So we trust all the staff there, like that they'd care about me and like no, it I didn't show up on time or whatever. And they go ahead of me, so my parents would know if I didn't show up on time. And they're like, okay, call and see how much it would be. And I'm like, and they said, oh, a hundred dollars one way. I'm like, what in the hell? Or I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> How far are you going? Like 10 minutes away. I'm like, no, thank you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, that's one of the biggest deterrents for us when we, every time, you know, because I, I had a book and I still have it. And I was writing all the things because I was just looking at my mental health, things that were impacting me negatively. And I was writing down all the things that I would like to change and Oh, let's just say there was eight, seven, eight things. Out of the seven, eight things, transportation really got in the way of like five of them. And it was it was just frustrating because it's like I want to do so much more. And it's like I don't want to always rely on my family or my friends. And, and that's where I, I, I continue to hit a snag. And I'm trying to figure out what my next move is with that. Because I, I don't, you know, again, it... it you sometimes, and I'm sure you've felt this way, sometimes you feel like a burden on your family, even though it's not really true. You psychologically, you kind of go down that path because you're just, you know, you're looking at like how many times they need to take care of you in some way, shape or form. And, and you know that they won't ever count on you for that same thing. Um, and you know, it gets frustrating sometimes. Yeah. And especially with my dad, cause he quit his job once I graduated high school to be my primary to be well he started as a backup caretaker in case like my aide either quit or couldn't come one day but now that my aide has quit and we have been unable to find another one so far uh he's become the primary caregiver so it's it's really hard for me to know that he has to give up on stuff he wants to do because he has to help me and I wish it wasn't so, but I mean, it's almost impossible to find a, a trustworthy aid these days. So yeah, but I'm sure if you, I mean, maybe you have asked him, but I'm sure he he wants to. Like he obviously loves. Oh it. yeah, I mean he does, but still. Now is he getting paid to do this? No. No. Okay. He can. But I don't. I don't think he wants to get paid to take care of his own daughter, which I I can appreciate. Yeah, but um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either, because it's like you know, there's nothing. Oh wrong no. Pulling in some income because he is doing a job, even though he would do it for free, doesn't mean it. it you know, if it helps the household, there's nothing wrong with. Because some states are allowing people to be caregivers for their own children, and they're getting paid for it. Yeah. Because um. But I mean, yeah, and it shows your, is your, um, I think I asked you this the other day, but your, your family, they're really supportive and in your corner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I have, uh, my parents are the best. So That's I mean, awesome. they, they are amazing. So. That's awesome. That's good. Um, the thing I was going to ask you earlier, because I, I mean, I've asked so many people this question, so it's not a, it's a typical question, but what, when, when did you realize like early on that you were, you know, different than other kids? Cause we all, um, we all go through it. We all like realize at a certain point in time where it's like, Oh, okay. There's something going on here. Um, honestly, um, uh, 
I can't remember like an exact point when I realized it, but I kind of realized it pretty early on. I realized it in like preschool, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So no, it funny. was it was tough to first realize that. Maybe that's why I can't exactly remember a specific point because I blocked it out because it was traumatic. Uh, but no, um, I, I, I've, I've realized it since about preschool. Yeah, no, it can be very traumatic because you, you go for, you know, for, I don't know, six, seven years before you ever really go to school and every, like, unless you have some sort of interaction with somebody, you know, outside your house or someone in your family discriminates against you or something, for the most part, it's kind of, even if even if you have a lot of medical problems and stuff, it just seems like that's normal. But then when you actually get out in the real world and you go to school, it's like, oh, people look at you differently. And it, like, you're, because your parents try to shelter you that, they try to protect you so you're happy and, and you, you live, a, you know, a good, fruitful, young childhood and, and try to show you as much normalcy as possible. But then you realize kind of some things that you're missing out on. You realize how different and, and um, frustrating that people can be sometimes, you know, very judgmental and so on. So, yeah, it can be definitely traumatic, especially because you're so young and vulnerable. So it's hard to really because you're kind of taking it in so fast that it kind of throws you for a loop because you really don't like you didn't realize this for the majority of your life at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is like a jarring experience as, as um, a high schooler, especially like when everybody else was like, I went to both my proms and had fun, but everybody else it was going to parties and all, all this stuff, like bonfires and like I couldn't go because the house wasn't, you know, accessible, like so stuff like that. Yeah, kind of rough, but you know. No, for sure. I was talking to this with my friend, and you know, we're both in our thirties, and and she was she went. Uh, I think it was Puerto Rico. She went, and she was just going there with her cousins and stuff for a trip, and she kind of realized, like halfway through the trip, that it was kind of depressing for her because everyone's doing things, and when they bring her along she's not able to enjoy it as much. Let's say they're, I don't know, bird watching or something or something to deal with like scenery because she's visually impaired. She couldn't see a lot of what they're seeing and she's not able to enjoy it as, as you know, to the same degree that they are. Um, and sometimes, yeah, you kind of get left out in that. And, and it, it, it does get very sad and lonely sometimes, you know, and I've said this many times, like some people think like you have to be alone to be lonely, but sometimes you could be in a room full of people and still feel alone because if you feel like you're the only one there and you're the only one not having fun or the only one that's different or whatever, there's something about you that just, you know, doesn't really compute and doesn't fit with anyone else. You could feel so lonely in the middle of a giant party. Oh yeah. Like it's crazy. Um, separated you feel, uh, from other people. Like I, I've struggled with anxiety and, a little bit of depression pretty much all my life and I didn't even really get a handle on it till about a year or two ago and with this last therapist I didn't even realize like how alone I felt and that was like a huge part of like my anxiety and all this stuff like I didn't even realize what I was feeling so yeah it 
it is kind of it's it's very jarring. So. No, for sure, yeah. And sometimes you, <laughs> sometimes you're doing things that are impacting your mental health negatively too, and you don't know it because again, what what someone's normalcy is is different from others, and you sometimes may push away from others. And again, like the only people that really know you for you is probably your family. And I'm sure they can pick up on you when you're not, you know, the most happiest Devin. And, um, yeah. And I'm, and I, I thought I was very open about it. Like I had no problem with going into my mom and being like, mom, I'm feeling anxious. But like, I didn't know how much of it I was still holding in until I got into therapy this last time and we started really going through it. Yeah, therapies, therapy therapy <laughs> can be like that's a the thing. Therapy therapy gets a bad like rap because there are a lot of crappy therapists and there are people that just kind of treat you like the next person up on their sheet. And it's like, "Oh, you know, okay, I guess, you know, how does that make you feel blah 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 blah." But like when you do find a good therapist, like it does serve a real purpose because there's times where you're in there and you really start and, and someone who treats you the way you want to be treated and you start to do some real soul searching. And you start to find yourself and you start to open up because therapy is what kind of helped me to open up at all. I was very, you know, closed off and I didn't let anyone in. And therapy was the beginning of me being able to, like, I don't think I would have ever been able to do a podcast if I didn't do therapy. Um, even, even if therapy was many years ago, well before the podcast, I just don't think I would have ever been able to find myself without therapy because it, it did do some service for me. Um, to kind of look at myself. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to do some real soul searching and you find some things that you don't like about yourself and, and you just have to deal with it and, and be open to try to change it. Uh, yeah, not to get too graphic on here, but yeah, go ahead. I I might not even be here today talking to you without therapy. I might not even be, like, alive because I was at the class. So, oh, I hear you. yeah, it was, it was, it, therapy definitely saved my life. I will say that. So, yeah, yeah, no, I hear, I, I would probably say the same thing, honestly. I've wanted to die for a long time, and therapy definitely helped. So, I get it. Um, and that's why therapy means, or uh, not just therapy, but like talking about mental health and suicide prevention and all that, it, it means a lot to me because I know so many people that are struggling whether it's their mental health or their disability. And a lot of times their disability, like with my, like my disability, I think yours does to some degree too, it fluctuates. So you don't really know like a good day from a bad day. And if you're having a good day, you kind of have to appreciate it because the next day may be totally different and it may throw you off. And because my eyes have been up and down lately, um, it really bothers me internally. And I, I wish it didn't because I've been dealing with this for 30 years, but it still really beats me up. And I had when I have bad visual days, it takes me down mentally. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily suicidal when it happens. It's not like a year, you know, many many years ago, but it still takes me down a depression loop where I'm just like, oh, I just want this to stop. Like I hate this, and and you know, and you kind of revert back to some old ways, unfortunately. Um, but you know, the good thing is, the longer you deal with it, you know, and the more you're open with yourself, the easier it is to to deal with it in the end. And for me, the most frustrating part is, like, my disability stays the same pretty much on a daily basis, which is good. I mean, someday, sometimes I'll have a bad spasm day, but not very often. Okay. Um, 
my spasticity only comes in usually uh, when I'm trying to do something, like when I'm trying to put pants on, my leg will go way back and pit itself against the chair so I can't get to my leg. And I'm like, really? But as far as, like, pain, it doesn't do that very often. But, like, when I've exercised or done, like, a really hard day of exercise that I have to do in order to keep myself healthy and not like able to stand up and help my parents and do all that. Like, and I'm so tired. It's just like, why do I have to go through all this just to like stand up? That doesn't seem right. But no, no, I fully, fully understand. There's just times where you just, yeah, like I'm a person that I like checking on people, making sure everybody's okay. And there's, you know, there are some people that just, I, I feel like they never will want to count on me because they don't think I can. Uh, do what I need to do but it's like I'm very dedicated and loyal so I, I try to do whatever I can to impact someone even if like you know like I told you like you and I can be good friends and I'm here for you anytime and I meant that because you know but I know like I don't know if we'll ever meet in person but I can do what I can from where I'm at and <clears throat> and you know so, but sometimes you don't realize like the things you can do for people and how you can impact them in a certain way you know because everybody just needs somebody even just to know that they're in your corner um, you know, like when I put it out to people saying, Hey, you know, you need a friend or whatever, I'm here. Well, somebody eventually, and again, some people have, but somebody, you know, may know me for years and never take me up on, but just to know that I'm there, maybe one day they will just because they're feeling so low. It's like, you know what? I just, I know somebody I can call and boom. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it sometimes you feel though. I, I understand from the disability aspect, you tend to feel insignificant and you, you tend to feel like you're just, you, you can't do what you want to do. Cause you look at what your family does for you and it's like, well, how can I give back to them? Um, but you can do that in different ways. Like what you're trying to do for advocating and reaching out and, you know, try to change people's minds and, and, and help others. Like that's something they can be very proud of. Yeah. And it's in, I, uh, I've heard a lot of people say this, and I agree with this, that society's attitude toward disability is the main problem and not the disability itself. And so yeah. doing work to change those is something I think I think we all can do. And uh, it'll change. It, just, it takes a long time, but it, it will change. So Yeah, but we you all... Know, no, but we also have to change our own mindsets too because there's so many of us that are stuck and think that they cannot do anything else other than whatever it is that they do. And there's so many of us that don't want to work and don't want to do, you know, don't want to kind of, you know, assim- assimilate with others. And, 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 and that kind of hurts us because we all have value. We all can contribute in some way, shape, or form, uh, disability or not. It's just... You know, if some of us feel so low about ourselves and we don't feel like we don't believe in ourselves, how the hell are we expecting other people to believe in us? Um, that doesn't yes. that doesn't mean society doesn't need to change because some of their outlook. Because when they do find people that do want to work and do want to show them what we can do, they still tend to push us away and and you know neglect to understand. So there's there's there has to there's movement on both sides, but I think sometimes from the disability. Uh, side we tend to you know 
always push, you know, point fingers and blame and say, you know, it's always them, but we play a part in it too. Yeah. And you asked me earlier what still attracted me to Survivor. And honestly, people online might disagree with so I'm not saying that you have to, but in my opinion, um, a survivor and Jeff Probst have, have done so much for the disability community. It's insane. On 43, they had um, an amputee and above the knee amputee. And she just went out, out there and kicked butt. Like, for somebody with two legs, let alone one, so to be able to watch her, and they had a guy on the same season with mild cerebral palsy, the same condition that I have. And so to be able to watch them, I'm like, if I was an eight-year-old sitting at home with a disability, if I had this, I, I'd have been so much better off in my child and teen years than I was because, not that I had like a bad childhood or anything or bad parents, like I said, my parents are the best, but I've been like so much better off because, oh my gosh, I wish I'd had something like that, you know? Yeah, and you're you're a survivor. You're a person who's been through so much, and you keep going and still trying to do good. Um, that's what I admire most so much about people with disabilities. For the ones that are hurting and struggling, and they still find ways, you know, they don't have a lot of time for a lot of other things because they're trying to heal and they're, um, you know, they're trying to just live. But they also make time to try to help other people, even if it's just a, a reach out as a friend. Hey, you know, you need somebody. Uh, or, in, you know, in our case, doing podcast or doing something that's trying to help other people, um, even though, you know, they may not feel up to it physically or mentally. They may feel like I'm not in this. I don't want to do this today. You know, like I'll be honest, like today was, was an okay day. My eyes have been up and down. And when you called me, I wasn't really in the mood to do a podcast, but I made a promise to you that we were going to do it. And of course, I'm glad we're doing it now, but it was like, I have to do this. Like I told you I would, and we're going to do it and we're going to have fun. It's just at the time I wasn't, when you called me, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we have to do this. And I'm just was kind of feeling down um, but it, you know, at the same time you, you made an obligation and then on top of it, like, it's important to me to do this because I want to help people and hopefully our conversation helps each other. And then when eventually it comes out, it'll help someone else. And, you know, I can't do that by just saying, well, I want to do it. I have to actually do it sometimes. Um, and, and, and that's why I admire people with disabilities and people who have gone through struggles. Um, you know, people who've just been through so much trauma because they continue to get up and find ways to prosper and help others um, by using their own pain and turning it into something, uh, you know, positive. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it's just, like, I had days where I feel, like, down. Like, this is my job. Like, I'm not making money off of it yet. I hope to. But my podcast is my job because I put hundreds of job applications out and nobody would hire me. And I started joking, well, I guess nobody's going to hire me. So I have to, you know, make the podcast my job. And then I was like, what if I really did that? So I'm not making any money off of it yet because I've been doing it for several years, but just as a hobby. But this is my first kind of 
jump into trying to make it my job. So I'm not making money off of it yet, but I hope to soon. So yeah. oh. getting all that straight is, is crazy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just keep being determined, though. That's all right. It's, you know, it's the fact that you were told no by 100 people and you said, all right, well, I'll find another way around it. You know, that's why I always say, that's why I always say, like, I've said this at nauseum, but people with disabilities living in the world, it's like trying to get into a house with no doors or windows, but we have to find a way inside. And, uh, and that's kind of what you're doing. You're trying to find a way inside however you can, because, you know, the world's not meant for, it's not, it's not set up for you and I to succeed. That doesn't mean we won't. And I mean, that's, and he, I hate, I used to so hesitate when I said stuff like that because people are going to think I'm whining and, and complaining. I'm like, I'm not trying to complain. I'm just like saying what I live every day and saying what I see that, the, that it's not set up for people like us, but because it's not, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, entitled or anything i'm just saying what i see so yeah we're not and you know again we're not saying like oh this is why i deserve more money this is why i deserve this i deserve that it's just like no we just want a fair shot that's all we want we don't really we don't want anything more anything more special than that the next person uh but we just want a shot and then you know especially when it comes to employment because so many of us are unemployed it looks so bad and, you know, if there was any other community that was that, was that unemployed, like 75% of us, if, if any other community was that unemployed, there would be, you know, protest. And that's why it's frustrating because we don't, we don't tend to fight for each other enough. And I think, you know, we talked about this before, but part of it is the fact that there's so many different variations of us and we all are trying to just kind of take care of our own, meaning, you know, the cerebral palsy take care of the cerebral palsy and the visually impaired take care of the visually impaired instead of actually looking at us as a whole community because that's where everyone, everyone bunches us up into this one community, but we don't see ourselves as the same, yet we are in some way, shape, or form, and we just don't look out for each other enough. And we don't have a big enough voice, even though we have enough people to make that noise, but we're just not joined together enough. We're not, you know, there's not enough camaraderie. And we need to look out for each other because, you know, there are some of us that can't speak for ourselves because of whatever their condition is. And there's there's some that can and we, we need to make noise because, again, no one no one's going to hear us if we don't talk. If we don't yell, then no one's going to hear us. But if, if it's just one of us, if it's five of us, a thousand of us, it's not enough. It has to we have to really, like I said, we have to make noise and not, not like violence or anything. We just have to let people understand where we're coming from and and. You know, it's, we don't ask for much. We really don't. And and I think one of the things we, you know, and I know I've talked to this a lot of people. One of the things that people look at us like we get handouts because of our, dis, our you know, we get Social Security. And it's like, I don't think. And, and I always, uh, sorry to interrupt, no, but fine. I always laugh at, I always laugh at that too. Because I don't know much about the Social Security piece of it because as because SSI was pretty easy for me to get, right? I'll admit that. But the Medicaid waiver parts of it, the stuff that's supposed to help you with an aid and equipment and everything, they don't get it. 
it's called a Medicaid waiver. It's Medicaid specifically for people with disabilities. And basically what it is, is supposed to help you with AIDS. Like if you hire an aide, they pay them. Right. Like if you need equipment, they help you with that uh, up to $5,000 a year if you're on the right waiver. But they make you jump through hoops backwards to get on that stuff. I mean, I had never seen such a complicated process. And then once you're on it, they have all these rules that you have to follow. And God forbid you make $1 over the maximum amount you can make. Otherwise, you're off it. They give you no grace or freedom or anything at all. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just like, it's almost easier not to be on it. Like, yeah, I, it's almost easier not to be on it, quite frankly. No, but so. they, they do so much to deter you from wanting to just keep going. And for those who hang in there, it's just a long, strenuous process. And then when they get to the end, it's like, Jesus, was this even worth it? Like how much time, effort, money and everything you spent on it, you're just worn out and you finally get it. And of course, it was worth it, but it. You shouldn't have had to go through so much to get it. Because, again, I don't know what it's like to get an aid, but I've, I've done a lot to for other stuff to, um, for me. And, and it's, yeah, they, they, they beat you down so much, and they make you want to give up. The, the one thing that they don't understand is we're people that, like, refuse to give up. So we're kind of hard-headed, and we just stubborn, and we keep going. Cause we, and then they, and to, be some, to some degree, though, we don't really have much of a choice either. So they beat us down so much where it's like, well, I, I got no other option here. So I have, I need this. I can't afford thousands of dollars to pay for a nurse to come in and take care of me every day. Who the hell has that kind of money? Um, you know, like, um, not me. Uh, <laughs> right. so. Because they don't, they don't, they push you. So you don't want to work. And then it's like, okay, well then just allow me to get my social security. Let me get my aids and this. And it's like, I'll figure something out from home. But it's like, you know, but then it's like, no, the only way to get this is if you work. But then if you work and you make too much, they take this. And it, it, there's so many hoops you got to get through and it's tiresome. And, and they, they, they screw up so many other times. Um, unfortunately, they tend to like, you know, like if you're on SSI and you're working, they're going to take majority of your SSI check because they don't want you to work. Now, if you're on SSDI disability, you there's a little more leeway, but if you go over at all, they just take it and they make you pay for it. But what they usually do is they wait years and years down the road and then they tell you to send your pay stubs in. And then what they do is they give you this giant sum amount and they're like, well, this is how you owe us thousands of dollars. Like, why didn't you get that the first month? You know, like they don't care. And, and, and then when you go into the building, like the SSI building, they look at you like you're just like a freeloader, like you're just a person who you know, it's just taking money from the government and, you know, like that's like you're just you're you're useless and you're just a person that just that's all you want to do is suck money off the government's teat, as they say. And it's like, you know, like that's it's so unfair because, you know, in a way we've earned this, the, the money that we get. Unfortunately, that's that's the unfortunate part. We actually earned the disability because of an accident or because of, you know, birth or whatever happened to you um, for any of us. But it's like they look at us like we did this on purpose. And it's like, man, it's so unfair. And those are the type of, you know, as you said earlier, what I've said many times, a lot of times the hardest part about disability is not the disability. It's everything else. Because the disability yeah. is already hard enough. 
But once once you get past that and you, you get old enough and you start to realize, you know what, being different isn't so bad and, you know, this and this sucks, but, you know, this is not so bad. And, you know, you start to appreciate the, the small things in life. You start to understand and love the things you can and um, you get to you get to really feel on a different level than most people because you're you're forced to um, in a good way, actually. But it, I don't know, like it, it's when 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 life hits you and everyone just makes you feel like you should feel bad for yourself, like you should feel bad that you have a disability, like how dare you? And it's like, no, man, like going back to our original point, like it's it's we don't want anything special. We're not asking like when we even if you give us a job, there's a couple little arrangements, a couple little things we want to like change around that will suffice for us so we can function with with whatever our task is. But we're not asking you to spend thousands of dollars to, to do it. We're just asking for a couple of things. Like for me, maybe something you can visually impair or uh, in large print or, or something, some sort of technique. Just I'll find a way to do it. Just give me an opportunity. And I think so many of they just, it's like, well, why do I have to accommodate you for this? Why do I have to accommodate you for that? And it's like, it doesn't take that much. And the reality is people with disabilities are very loyal. You give us an opportunity, we'll be very grateful and we'll give you tenfold back. So, um, yeah, like I said, we don't ask for a whole lot. We just we just want fair opportunity. That's all we want. And again, if we fail at the same time, you, you give us an opportunity, we fail at it, then we failed at it. And guess guess who's going to be hard on us? Us. Because we are already hard on her. We are our worst critics. So it's just give us fair fair opportunity. That's all we want. We don't we don't want anything special. We don't want you to just give us jobs because you need to fill some quota of a disability. Like you have to have a disability person on staff. It's just, we just want an opportunity. That's all we want. And we just want to be able to live a life like other people. Even if it's different, we still want to be able to have that similar life. Yeah. And we go through our stupid young teenager phase, just like everybody else does. But once we get this age, you know, we just want an opportunity like everybody else. So yeah. Yeah. and, and for a lot of us, like being adult is very hard because what is the standard for the average person is, is is so hard for us to obtain. You know, to have your own place is a real accomplishment where it isn't for the average. I mean, it's an accomplishment for anybody, but it, there's it's so much harder for us. Um, and, it, and it's so much harder. And again, it doesn't matter what your disability is. It, it's just harder. Um, and to work in, you know, like I have a job that pays all right and I have disability, but I work within the confines of how much I'm allowed to make because, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of alert and I know what I can and can't make so I can keep my disability because I'm trying to get a major procedure that's cost a couple hundred thousand dollars. I can't lose my insurance anytime soon. Yeah. Um, can I ask, uh, what, what disability do you have exactly? I know it's something with your eyes. And what do you do? You mean like what do I do for my job? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's a factor that hires people with visually impairment and blindness. Um, but what I do, I've done many different things at this company. But the one thing I do currently is I go out to places like any establishment, whether it's, let's say, a lot, like banks, uh, hospitals and whatever. We, we collect their, we grab their shredding bin that has full of paper. So whatever documents that's personal, they want it shredded up. We pick it up and then we exchange it for a new one. Now they may have five bins, six bins. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, we exchange it for, for a brand new one. And then we take it back and we shred the paper. Um, that's a department I work in currently, but I've, I've done other things. Um, for the military and other stuff that they con- contractually they do. Um, 
but like I've been it because I've actually because the government the position I am in the government is actually telling them they have to pay me a certain wage so in order to do that they have to kind of comply with my hours so like I can't with the job and the money that I'm making I can't work 40 hours a week or it'll screw me but we figured it out where I can work 32 hours. So let's say four out of five days, four eight-hour shifts. Um, and so it works. Um, is, is, is the company the greatest place to work? No. There's a lot of things that I don't stand for and I don't like. And honestly, I'm, I, when I, hopefully I can get my eyes on track and figure some things out, um, get this procedure and things, and I, I want to move on. But, you know, it, is it the worst place to work? No, because they do work with me. Um, and my, my SSDI, because it's, it's good to know that I can, and I, and like I said, I do pretty well financially because of it. I'm able to get my full disability check and get two paychecks that are decent. I'm not going to say they're like, you know, blown out of the water. Oh my God, I'm, I'm rich, but I do like, I I joke that I'm kind of disability rich because I make a decent wage, um, Disability, which is an excellent way to put it. Yeah, because I, <laughs> because I, you know, I make, and I'm not gonna brag, but I, I'm not, you know, I, I do okay. I, I'm able to afford anything that I for the, within reason to afford the things that I need. Um, I'm able to take care of my cat. I'm able to take care of myself. And if anyone, you know, I, I I'm here. If, if someone is struggling, I can help them if I really had to. Um, and I have a decent savings. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for what what I have at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it helps to where I landed. Um, but again, I, I do want to move on. I'm just, I have to find the right time because as they, you know, as I say, like in order to, uh, move on, you have, to, you can't burn a bridge without having another one made. So it, it's just, you know, yeah. I mean, I know you're intrigued by what I'm going, like I said, I have a good situation. I really am. I'm grateful for it. And um, I know a lot of us don't have that. And, you know, like I said, I do live on my own. So these are these are things that are real accomplishments for a person with a disability. I'm not just saying it because I have it. Um, and, and that's the thing, like when you as you were saying, like when you become an adult, that's when a lot of the tricky shit kicks in. And you're like, man, I just want to obtain just normalcy. I, I want to be I want to live on my own or I want to travel or I want to, you know, date. I want to whatever it is. I want to work. And a lot of these things to the average person sound silly because they're not that it's not that hard, especially now you can the world's full of open opportunities of jobs because no one wants to work, whereas we want to work. But a lot of people won't hire us because of some sort of liability or whatever horseshit that they concoct. And um, and that's why, like I said, that's why it's, you're so important with your podcast is just to constantly show what you go through at the same time, you know, um, inform people on what it's like to be us because it is well, hard. Well, um, I think I can tell you this. I think we've talked enough where I can tell you this now, but when I first got your podcast form and you said, text this number, cause I've never done a podcast over the phone before. It's always been over zoom. I, I thought, what is this guy doing? And then I realized, hmm you know that you that it's probably what works for you because of your of your blindness and i don't say that to be offensive i just no, thought no, you're fine wow <laughs> yeah no i mean t- 
to be honest and, and being sarcastic but also not at the same time when you say like what is he doing i don't even know half the time sometimes i'm winging it and i know probably asking for someone's number or giving them number maybe is a little forward and maybe it can be off-putting because it's like well wow like why would i give you my number there's so many creeps out here in this but like you're right it, it does work for me in that way and i probably should you know explain it more uh i know you understand now but it, it, it i just i like it this kind of format because it's just yes it helps my eyes to some degree but i can do zoom i've done a few zoom ones myself but it, it's for for other people and for my own but like i like to just have a conversation i like to talk like you and i had a conversation you know whatever four or five days ago it's very similar to the one we're having now it's just more detailed and we're talking more about you um, whereas the other day it was more about getting to know each other, but we're still getting to know each other and we're still just talking. Like I try to, I want it to, you know, be a safe space for someone like you or anybody to come in. I want them to feel comfortable. I don't want them to feel pressured. Um, like I'm trying to get into their, you know, dirty laundry and I'm trying to figure out the most personal things. Like if you want to share what you want to share, like when you were talking about, you know, being suicidal at one point, like being really depressed, like, that's a very important, but you didn't have to share that because I didn't ask it. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think it builds chemistry. It builds a friendship. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I told you before this, like, I, I'll definitely do your podcast and support you because I think we need to support each other, not just you and me, but as people with disabilities because we have to stick together. It's the only way we're ever going to build some strong community that can't be broken. Um, yeah. yeah, and to be clear, like, I didn't really – I didn't attempt suicide. I just no, no, really I thought about it. No, <laughs> okay. Yeah, suicidal thoughts. No, I know. You're right. I, I Yeah. Um, but still, just the fact that you even brought it up, I know that was personal for you because um, that is hard to share for a lot of people because, you know, it seemed, it's sometimes it's perceived to be weak or, you know, you look at them differently because it's a, it's a label you put on somebody. Like, oh, they're one of those people that think about dying. And it's like, you know, the, the reality is like, our reality though we make the best of it and you know we do so much and it's so powerful for what we do but there are days you know not to go backwards and just be depressed or you know sad anymore but it, the, the real reality is our lives aren't peachy either and there are days where it's harder to take and you would think for how long we've been enduring this we you would think it would be easy but it's never easy. It never, and I don't think it ever will be easy. That doesn't mean life doesn't get easier. That doesn't mean you can't thrive and have a good, fruitful life. It just means that like it's just never going to be easy. And and so you know, suicidal thoughts are kind of a given. It happens. It, it is what it is. Um, but it's 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 just important, especially for you where you're at in your life, to share stuff like that because it helps someone like you. There's someone out there that may hear the podcast that doesn't care what I have to say, but relates to you because they're a woman and they have cerebral palsy or what what have you. And, you know, they have those thoughts and it, it's just so they don't feel alone. It helps them that you exist. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, I didn't even think about like saying it really, but I mean, if it helps uh, somebody else, then, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that. That it helps. Sure. Else, you know? Yeah, you just you built the comfort zone. Like I said, I, that that that's my whole thing with this. Is just I don't put a whole lot in production and all that. I put a little song in the beginning, in the front, and the end, and I don't do a whole lot of editing unless someone really wants me to take something out. But 
I don't know, maybe it's because I'm lazy, maybe it's because whatever, but I really, deep down, I just, because I would just want it to be real, and I just want it to be, a, you know, a raw conversation, just two people talking, two people that don't know each other that well, and then we're getting to know each other, we, we kind of build a relationship and an affinity for each other, and, you know, we can support each other, and, and we can just share, and hopefully we can help people, because that's the goal for your show, it's a goal for mine, um, and yeah, it's just... It, I don't have any real ulterior motives in anything else. Like when I, I did my three year episode, like I always talk about the guests. Like a lot of times I'm even afraid to say it's my show. A lot of times I just say it's our show because the guests mean just as much as I do. The guests, the, the people who listen, they mean a lot. Like I can't just sit here and just talk because the reality is like, I'm I'm not doing a show where I'm talking about sports or politics, or things that, like, everyone talks about, and it's just my opinion, like, it is my opinion at the end of the day on here, but at the same time, I'm also trying to help, and spread awareness, and advocate, and, you know, it's a lot of it's very touchy subjects, so, um, you know, yeah, and, and I have to have an open mind, and I have to realize, like, sometimes what I say really does matter to people, and having people on, that's why I like someone like you is such a great person to have on because you're a great advocate. You're a good representation for someone with cerebral palsy. Um, because I know you, you go through tough times, but you're still a very upbeat, positive person through all that you've been through. And it's, I don't, and, and you know, I don't know you that well, but I still, I don't think it's phony. Like I do believe that's just who you are. It's, it's, it's more real now than it was back at, back in the day. <laughs> I will say Sure. But, um, and speaking of cutting stuff out, if you could, could you cut out the part where I mentioned Norfolk, Suffolk, Tuskegee? I really, I really don't want that in there. You can keep the Virginia in there. I just don't want the cities in there. Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll figure it yeah. out. Um, um, if you can't, that's fine. But I'll, I'll, I'll try to figure it out if I can. I'll, I'll let you know. But, um, I don't think many people will care, but I will. I'll try to figure it out for you. Um, but I do. I do want to uh, go ahead. Go ahead. There, there is a program that I use called Dscript, D-E Script, and you edit the podcast like you would a Word document. Right. It right. transcribes it for you, and then you et- um, if you want to take out the audio, you just backspace the words. I got you. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'll, I'll, I'll look. I'll look into it for you. Don't worry. Um, okay. But I did want to ask you, kind of wrapping up here, I did want to ask you about, you know, what was the whole mindset of doing your podcast? What's it called? And, and so on. So um, my podcast is called Wheel With It, Inclusion and More. You can search um, you can search it on any podcast platform, but there are a lot of Wheel With It's out there, apparently. You type in Wheel With It, anything that has to do with the wheel comes up. So, so okay. um, you can just go to wheelwithit.com and it's all there for you to subscribe and do all that stuff. Um, and then you can follow me on social media on there as well. Again, it's all on wheelwithit.com. And um, yeah, you can listen to it on YouTube or, or wherever you get, you get your podcast. No, it's awesome. No. What what was your mindset of like why why did you want to do a podcast what what what's the subject what's the subject matter? Well, um, I just wanted to interview all these different people like disability and nerd disability from all walks of life and get you know a little bit about their life about their story and and uh, about what they've been through. I, I 
met some pretty incredible people through, through this that I wouldn't normally have met uh, if I hadn't done the podcast. But sure. um, but yeah, it's just about talking to all these different people and you know seeing what they're really like as opposed to you know what you see on the news about some of these different groups and uh i have yet to find one as bad as they describe on the news so you know um yeah no that's awesome yeah that was kind of the impetus behind it yeah no i mean everybody has an inspiration like for me i've always wanted to do one it's just mental health kept getting in the way and kept saying, what's the point? It's not going to be good, so on and so on. And so finally, I just kind of, on a whim, just said, I'm going to do it. And I put out and I just recorded it. And I didn't even know if it was good. But I didn't overthink it. I, I think I did it. I think I did it on my second try. I think I did it one time before, but I started stuttering crap through it. So I just said, nope, erase that. I'm going to do it one more time. But it was, it was very, before I bought any equipment or anything, I just... I took my phone and just talked into it, did it on like a voice memo on my iPhone. And I, when I had the app, I just published it. I don't even remember what I titled it. And I just, you know, even with the name, with the podcast, like I, I had the name in my head. I didn't overthink the name. Um, I just didn't overthink a lot, which I usually do. And I just kind of, no pun intended, like blindly just went into it and just said, yep, Boop, pump, you know, record, boom, publish, boom. Um, that's it. I'm done. And walked away from it and didn't really think too much of it. And then all of a sudden, the next week, I'm like, oh, I got to come up with another episode. Oh, and then little by little, like, you start, like, ideas start to, like, creep from all different directions. And you're like, ah, okay, I can do this. I can think of that. And, um, and all of a sudden, now, you know, I've done over 150 episodes and it's now it's just like a normal thing. So, um, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing to do. Unfortunately you go into it with like, for me, I don't know about you. I went into it with no expectations whatsoever. And now it's like, I'm determined to make it as big as I can possibly make it. Um, which I didn't think about that back then. And I wish I didn't think about it that much because it, it does bother me, but you know, you just got to keep going. Yeah. It was fun to do a hobby and like, uh, what I didn't tell you is my podcast started as a Survivor Recap podcast, but the Survivor Recap podcasts were terrible. <laughs> so I, I I I deleted those because I'm like those are pretty much terrible. And I started doing the disability stuff, and um, yeah, I didn't. I w- wanted it to get big, but I didn't worry too much about it at first but now that I'm trying to make it my job it's like I'm more worried about it now and it does take a toll on your mental health but you just have to take a deep breath and like nothing happens overnight you just have to give it time so you know yeah but (laughs) as like a side idea you don't have to take my idea for this but like is there some way you could still do some sort of like survivor recap but like from your point of view and how you would try to get you know navigate this world and i don't know like from your you know i mean your own little way i don't really i don't know um i don't i don't know i mean there are great recap podcasts out there so i think i think i'll just speak to them but 
Yeah, I'm just saying, if you're passionate about it, there's nothing wrong with actually doing yeah. it. Yeah. You never know. Sometimes you think the thing it is like, you know, like I jokingly say my cat isn't, he hates me because he doesn't want to do anything viral. Like he doesn't want to do anything cool that will get me a viral video. But like some of the things, <laughs> like I have a video that's on Instagram that's like done like 20,000 views and I, and it's not even anything that's special. It's just a, it's just a silly video I did with a bagel slicer and I put up like positive stuff and no one, again, it's also frustrating too, but Sometimes you never know, like the survivor thing could catch on. Like somebody could actually like, like your take on survivor because you're passionate about it and you know, you you're committed to survivor. Um, and you know, you have your own, your own, you know, unique take and the fact that, you know, you're in, in life, you are a survivor. So you never know, like don't necessarily give up on it entirely because you know, you might have your own little, you know, unique take on it that may catch someone's ear. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, my regular episode usually comes out on Thursdays. So maybe, like, on Wednesday night, like, after it's over, I could do, like, a 10 minute little recap on my phone and release it as, like, a bonus episode or something. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. (laughs) Or put it at the end of the episode that you're doing or something. You you never know. Yeah. You could do, or it could just even be, you could even do, a YouTube channel or go on Facebook live or something and just do like your own little recap. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That, that, that might be good. Okay. I'll, I'll think, I'll think about some ways. Okay. Do I just it, don't but... want to like, if it's something you're passionate about, don't give up on it. You know, like, okay. You know, that's, that, that's only my own thing. Again, you don't have to do anything, but I'm just saying it's, it's one of those things. If you like doing it, I know like, you know, I've heard my voice back and there's things that I've given up on and I'm like, ah, again especially when you compare yourself to someone who has great production and they do their own thing yeah i could see how you could just be you know kind of you know just torn apart about it and you're just like ah no thanks i'm not doing this like this sounds bad but again you're you so it it doesn't matter what other people like can't compare yourself just be you and you know like i said and again even if someone doesn't listen to it or watch it like you're still being yourself and you're sometimes it's just nice to talk and talk out loud and get your opinion out there and you know maybe someone will watch it and go oh you know what like you know maybe look for like facebook survivor groups maybe you know maybe they're out there and maybe you can yeah post your i mean and, you know you meet friends. yeah there are tons of like reddit threads out there but survivor social media those people are not well uh, that's why i said facebook yeah. groups not necessarily the red yeah i understand yeah. there are people that are like huge fandom and they they're, they're they're ravaging through comments and yeah I, I don't get it. I'm just saying you know keep your hopes alive keep doing you know because I know how life can get very boring and stale and you know you're trying to find ways to get yourself out there more and more and like I said sometimes you never know you you think the podcast is where the direction you're going and you never know sometimes you, you might be a you know a survivor commentator at some point who know who the hell knows <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, same here. Is there any social media or anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Um, again, it's all on my website, realwithit.com. You know, everything's there. But my Instagram is realwithitpod. My TikTok is realwithit. Um, my Facebook, if you just type in at realwithitpod, it'll come up. Um, no, that's great. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've had, we added each other, and like I said, I uh, you know, uh, whenever you need a guest for your show, just please reach out. Um, obviously, yeah, I I will send you the link literally 
to book right after we get off here. And as I told you before, and I'll say it again, you need a friend or anything, you you know, I'm around, please, you know, you don't have to do it alone. If you need someone to talk to, I'm here. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, thank you again for coming on and we'll we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. And um, send me an email when this is out, please. Of course. You'll be the first one to know. Okay. All right. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you again. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sweet girl. Um, Yeah, guys, just quickly. um, Let me see the date here so I don't... Because, again, I tell you I do these so far in advance and I want you to... Oh, crap, I put my sound back on. It is June 20th. Is it June or July? June, right? Yes, June 20th. I didn't want to be so far out of the loop. Jesus Christ. Because time goes so fast, you really don't really... um, you really don't know how much time goes by. And I'm looking on the Apple calendar here. It says Jun, J-U-N. Like, really? Like, it's only one more letter. Just put the E there. Like, oh, we're shortening June? Like, May? Okay, May's three letters. I'll maybe, you know, hold on. I'm doing this live here, whatever you want to call it. I'm doing this. On the fly. No, you know what? Because I thought maybe it was because I have my text bigger. And I just made the text as small as I can get it. And it just says APR for April. And this says Jun. J-U-N. Come on, just add an E, fucker. Oh, so dumb. Sorry. The random tangent here. I just was thrown off by that. Because I can't believe they just took off one letter. Just leave it J. J. Okay, like August makes sense. A-O-G. Or A-U-G. Okay, cool, but. You can't put the E on June? All right, I'm done. Um, but yes, anyway, it is June 20th when I'm recording this. Mr. Baletto is laying next to me. He's been here the whole time. Sweet boys, as he always is. He helps get me through some of these tough times. Um, yeah, I've been struggling with my eyes, honestly, and mentally. I've been going down a dark path in some ways. Not the darkest of paths, but just really struggling. Um, not trying to bring anybody down. I didn't want to take away from her interview by saying this, even though technically this is the same episode, but I did want to bring her down with me. Um, yeah, it's just my eyes are really just really struggling right now. I'm, um, I don't know what's wrong. I think there's some something that's rubbing in the corner of my eye that's really glaring up my eyes. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating because I'm putting in so many drops and, and um, what have you, just so many drops and ointments, and I'm just, I'm just tired, man, my eyes are just, my eyes are just so worn out, and I'm, I'm, I may have made one step closer to getting this procedure, but it's just, the way you're being, the way I'm being treated is so, it's so, like, demoralizing, and I don't know, I'm just tired, I'm not trying to bring anyone down, I'm sorry, but it's just giving you a part of me, and I think that's, like, if there's, like, one thing I, I like about this show, doing this is I can give you I give you about 85% of me I leave the other 15 to 20% for myself just because you know just what I need to do but I try to give you the majority of me and I try to be as honest and as as transparent as I can because I, I think that's what helps make a good show I know I'm not the greatest guest I'm not like the most intelligent person or you know I don't do the most production and things and um but I, I try to just be as real as I can. Like, I tell you that I struggle with brain fog all the time. Like, it's a real thing. 
not struggling with it as much today as I am others, but you know, it's a real struggle and I, and I could, you know, edit it and, you know, redo some things and tool this, tool that. But like, I want you to just know that like, you know, no matter how much I've been through, no matter how strong I can perceive to be at some times, you know, I struggle, man. And I always end up, you know, going backwards at times. And right now I'm, I'm heading in a, in a more negative direction. That doesn't mean, you know, press the alarm button. Oh my God. It just means I'm just, I'm struggling because my, my physical health is struggling. So I'm trying to combat that and try to figure out, get to the bottom of this. And if I can get through this, and in this, especially if this procedure goes well, I feel like I can get to a place uh, of, hopefully, of some balance and st- some stability. So um, I'm going to try to reach out to my doctor and go there. I've been like three weeks in a row, but I, I, I don't know. I have my own theories on what's going on and I'm hoping I'm right and hopefully they, there's something they can do right here in this corner. I don't know why I'm saying right here because it's audio. But like I have my hand, my finger like on the corner of my eye here. Not the ball, the eyeball, but the where the skin is and the, the lids meet. Um, but it feels like irritated. And so I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is and not something else because something's going on um, because most of the vision has come back, but it's the glare that's killing me, and it's it's it it's really throwing me off, and it just disrupts my day. And I've spent a lot of days, like my days off, just been laying in bed, just sad, just listening to podcasts and YouTube channels and things. So, um, sorry to end on a low note, but that's just just giving you an update on me. Um, I'll uh, I'll figure it out. I'll get I'll you know I'll pull myself up, and you know. I'll, I'll figure it out, I promise. I just, you know, just in, in a weird time at this point. But, you know, it's not the first. and It, it probably won't be the last. But, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 you know, hopefully next, well, I, I don't want to say next episode because next episode I'm recording tomorrow. So I'm going to try to be in a better mood. Hopefully, maybe I'll have a better eye day. Who knows? Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm still fighting, I promise. Um, I'm not trying to bring anyone down with my situation for those who care, but I'm just saying, you know, just giving you the real with me. I don't want to keep anything from anyone who listens. And, you know, I, I, I don't talk about myself as much as I used to. Like I don't do like small, like introspective episodes, just me for the most part, because I have so many guests. And yes, that was bullet. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll do a few more. I just got to figure out what subject matter works. Um, or just, you know, do more episodes like with Roxy, where it's just not necessarily an interview based, but just two people talking about a simple conversation, a simple topic. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for being on this journey with me. I really appreciate everyone who supports me. Um, no matter how down I can be or how frustrated and angry I can get at times, I'm very grateful for anyone who cares to even listen to any of these episodes. Um, it means a lot to me because I do put time and effort into it and um, it is something that just, you know, I'm just proud that I can still do. Um, and I just don't want to give up on it. I don't want to give up on helping people. <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> sorry, my allergies kill me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to give up on it. I, I want to help as many people as I can. And I feel like there's a day coming where I will. And I'm not, I'm not really religious or anything. I'm just, you just get a feeling. Um, 
and you you want you want this to all be for something you know not not and it doesn't not, you know i i hate that you got to preference everything by you know you got to yeah add something so it doesn't you know because everyone's so touchy feely with everything but and this is more i think my insecurity but you know i'm not saying do this because I want money at the end of it. Yes, I would like to to be able to pay the bills so I don't have to do my other job. Sure. Because I want to do something that I I am passionate about, something I enjoy. Um but I, I what I mean by I just I just want to touch and reach people on a bigger level and I want to just help people cuz um I feel like my voice needs to be heard. I feel like it's important. Um and I feel I just I just hope there's a time that is able to happen. Um, but yeah, anyway, thank you again. Appreciate you all. Uh, I hope you're doing better than I am. Just in any way. Um, but I I will be I'll be up and kicking hopefully in the next few days, and I'll, I'll get myself out of this funk. Um, it's not the worst funk because I am able to smile and still able to 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 do some of the things I need to do. I just I'm just. In a, in, a, in a weird headspace, but I, I'll pull myself up for you guys and for everyone who cares and then for myself. But uh, I hope you're doing well. I have checked up on a few people and some people aren't doing so well with their health. And so that brings me down too. So there's that. But um, yeah, there's always a little light at the end of the tunnel. So there's that. But thank you again, guys. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. Before I go, maybe I'll let me see if I can get Bullet to Purr. Will that tell? Purr on the mic. That's me scratching, and this mic picks up so much sound. Oh my god. Boletto. Hey, you want to purr into the mic, big guy? Hey. No. <laughs> that thump was him going, ah, fuck this. I am outie. Yeah, he just jumped off. So, no purr from Bullet. Um, but again, rrr, there's my purr. Uh, that's. <laughs> I need to just get his purr and then uh, edit it in so you guys don't know. Uh, but no, thank you guys. I'll see you next week. Uh, bye bye.